0: My name's Kat Stein, and this is Voices Up. Today, the Supreme Court made the decision to block the president from ending the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals Act, or DACA. In honor of this huge news, we're excited to feature a sweet, loving DACA dreamer from Portland, Oregon, who we spoke to a few weeks ago about the issues she cares about as a young person and as a DACA recipient. She wishes to remain anonymous for the safety of herself and her family, but she's a dedicated teacher and works very hard to take care of her parents and her younger sister.
1: I am an alien. I am undocumented. I am from Mexico City and I am 28 years old. What
2: is a DACA dreamer?
1: Deferred action for childhood arrival and Dreamers means actually development, relief and education for Alien Minor Act. This act is pretty much a protection for me and many other DACA Dreamers to have access to go to school, have access to have a driver license and a permit to, dr- to work. When I first arrived here, I was actually four years old, but I used to be able to come back and forth to visit my parents. I did some um, elementary in Mexico, but I also did a lot of my elementary here in the United States. I fully stayed after 2001. I was probably like about eight. Yeah. How has
2: the pandemic most affected you? And I want to talk about your sister as well, because your sister is 19, you're 28. And how has it affected the two of you?
1: I can't get any uh, unemployment, for example. So I have no choice but to work and make sure that, you know, I provide food and, you know, shelter for my family. And I ask for my sister. Well, she is just starting college so it's been an impact for, for both of us keeping our family safe by you know having to be forced to work and at the same time you know just trying to uh, keep ourselves united.
2: can and when will you be officially able to stay in the states without fear of
1: being sent back to Mexico? I'm not sure of my future, nor my sister, nor my family. It all depends what's going to happen this summer in June, what uh, the Supreme Court is going to agree to hear the oral arguments about um, our case as Dreamers. Have you ever had a sense of
2: um, security
1: and surety? I have never felt myself secured in the United States. It's very challenging being undocumented if you do any accidents or Anyway, you get pulled over by police and you don't have an ID, you know, you get deported easily. Can you tell me a little bit about, is it called a holy number? It's the way to say about social security. That number is pretty much what mm, gives you access to your freedom and gives you access to work, gives you access to find resources. People don't really know, you know uh, how important this holy number is. Um, but for many of us, especially undocumented, they want to work. But because they don't have this holy number, a lot of the times they can't apply for these jobs. Or if you know the person knows that they don't have this holy number, they can easily control or abuse these people because they they know that they're not protected. And is the holy number a word that you came up with,
2: or is it a community term that that is common within the undocumented community?
1: I don't know how the term happened, but, you know, in Spanish, when we say bendito numero, it's kind of saying like this holy number, but in a very sarcastic way.
2: Um, What do you tell other DACA dreamers to help them feel a sense of ease in a time when they really are struggling?
1: You have to keep on fighting like a warrior and you have to always show your best. When you don't feel good, you can talk and say it all out. I guess what we can say is like we need to just stick together and continue just fighting. We are finishing school. We're a part of this community. How many
2: youth and what is the age range of youth are in DACA? There
1: are about 800,000 people right now in DACA. Um, the amount of people that are undocumented is greater than just DACA, you know. Um,
2: why do you want to stay in the States and why do you want to stay in Portland?
1: I want to stay in Portland um, because it's my home. I grew up here. I I pretty much as Portlander as you can imagine, this is my home. It has a very big impact to me, and I live very happy here. But unfortunately, there's a lot of struggles and sacrifices to live here overall. But I still love my, my city, and um, I'm a heart Oregonian.
2: And I can hear the emotion in your voice right now. Is that right? Yeah. And what is the sacrifices that you have to make to stay here?
1: These sacrifices of, like, not being able to see my, my grandmother who is dying. Um, I'm missing out a lot of my heritage and my culture and my family back home. You want to go and see your roots, you know, and see back home, but you just, you can't. you No. I missed a lot. I missed seeing my first niece, for example. I missed a lot of moments that I wish I had the opportunity to share, like any other American has. They could go and visit someone. It could be any part of the world where they're from. Or
2: What advice do you give people that are needing to know a little bit more to move through this time?
1: Understanding that, you know, some people just... They just don't know our life, and they don't know our struggles. All these hateful things, I guess, I just understand that they just don't know all the obstacles and all the struggles that we have to face day to day. They're scared, maybe because, you know, this idea of we're taking over, but um, I know that I give a lot to my community, and whether one person says something horrible, just move forward. I know that there's wonderful people there. Just keep rising for better beautifully said i i feel like that people that have work with people that are immigrants and that they you know they have bonds together and you know they get to know them eventually i know that they they will change opinions because they will see those stereotypes being driven away and they would just see a human just like them you know, just trying to work for their family, trying to, you know, survive, trying to always laugh and be a part of this world, yeah. just like everybody else.
2: Why do you think young people need to be heard?
1: I know it's important for youth voices to be heard because they they see things in different lenses. They They're becoming aware. I know that when I see my students, the end of the year when they leave, they know that there's a bigger world than just United States, and there's a greater diversity, and they have this more of acceptance of people being different. I see this youth how they're being heard um, as an important way for the for the world to change. But they have the answers little by little. They're progressing. We just need to make sure to hear them
2: because of your journey in life. You're like a 60-year-old soul in a late 20s body. You haven't had the opportunity to even be a youth.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> my sister. She. She saw. Well, she sees all our struggles in the house, and she sees that I get worried, and I have to go ahead and. Drive my mom on certain areas because you know she cannot drive she doesn't have a driver license the amount of responsibility just to keep my family secure it's tremendous and you know now she knows that you know she's right now working to get her driver license because she knows that she has to help me in case if I want to make my own family that that is like a struggle that I don't want to like necessarily give to her you know and these little little stress Bombs it can be it could be just so annoying. I know that my parents can drive they have a clean record and stuff, but you know just have to continue doing these little things that you know just to make sure that we we don't get my family in danger. I wish I was having the freedom of like just not thinking about the day of tomorrow or the week after tomorrow, what's gonna happen um with my grandmother, what's going to happen with my mom. Um,
2: if there's like two things that you would like me to know, or somebody like me to know, what would you want us to know?
1: Don't be afraid of an undocumented person. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of people like us. I'm a teacher. <laughs> I look at my, you know, I, I feel this love and, and I know that they're going to be the change. Because I know that they're gonna look back. They're gonna say, "Oh, my Spanish teacher. She helped me how to like say some words, and you know, she helped me learn a different culture. You know, we learned about Latin America, uh, open border, diversity. Um, having the ability to be a teacher has helped me so much. But if they don't give me the access to work and to apply it to the community or to me or to my family, then you know, I." I mean it's just like a being buried underground. There's nothing to do.
2: I want to to allow that part of your spirit for a moment just to like, oh, oh my gosh, I am young. I'm not an old woman. I am young and I just want to hold that for you.
1: I feel like I am young, but I never live the I am young age, you know, <laughs> like I, know. I feel like I, know. I just had so much responsibility and then there's still so much responsibility as a matter, you know, <laughs> just my family together. So I I'm kind of sick of being treated as a kid and being treated as a puppet and you know, like, you know, you ask one parent, you know, in the government, you know, like back and forth, like, I need this. Go ask your mom. Go ask your dad. You know, they, I'm sorry, but I'm I'm a human being. I always have to force myself to fight. Yeah. Yeah. I guess right now that we're in this pandemic and many of us are, you know, a lot of the dreamers are in the, also in the medical field. You know, there's doctors, there's nurses that are right now risking their life, you know, to, they could be contaminated, but they're still working in, and. in, the hospitals, um, they are a part of this community, you know, just to give that out there. Um, you know, I'm a teacher, but I'm, I'm definitely like many other teachers. They probably are not going to, they're probably going to stick to being, you know, like safety net, you know, they, why are they going to risk themselves right now being, in this? they can get unemployment and, you know,
2: and be with their Mm -hmm. family. It's kind of what I hear you say too.
1: Yes, yeah, they can, you know, they, they could take their time and, you know, just feel secure with their family. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's some people right now that are dreamers that don't even have a job right now, <laughs> and they're the ones who are struggling the most. Um, yeah.
2: When you need to bust loose and just have, like, forget all this and have a good time and, you know, just trying to relax a little bit, what do you do? hmm
1: well, it all depends. I have a lot of friends, international friends. Um, so I like to be with them and just um, uh, bond with them. I also love um, music. Just be around Portland, take my bike. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, just spend family time, just quality time. It's like a very big stress relief overall. Um, making memories, I guess, here in the house with my mom, my dad, and my sister. I'm really glad that you have people that you can kind of kick back with. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. And And thank you so much for doing this project. Bye-bye.
0: We are Voices Up, and we are so happy that the Supreme Court has voted to allow DACA recipients to stay in the country they call home. This episode featured an anonymous stock-a-dreamer from Portland, Oregon. It was led and edited by Carolyn Campbell, and also edited by me, Kat Stein. Theme music also by me, Kat Stein. Stay up to date with us by following us on Facebook at VoicesUp, on Instagram at Voices.Up, or you can send an email to BeHeardNow at VoicesUp.net. To be the first to hear future episodes, don't forget to subscribe to Voices Up wherever you listen to podcasts.